Hello and welcome to the Digital Rabbi podcast with yours truly, Sats Slanky. Uh, we're talking to church leaders, creatives, uh, just investigating the future really and perusing what's happening in our world. Hopefully this is going to be helpful to you around all things digital, but also just general leadership and uh, thinking. Um, so, uh, hey, thanks for joining today. Make sure you hit subscribe, rate and review, all that sort of jazz. Yes, before you've even heard the episode, you can review. <laughs> Put five stars right in there right now. And uh, today... Today we're joined with uh, the wonderful Andy Wadhams. Uh, hi Andy, how are you doing? Hello there, hello. It's a privilege and an honour to be in this well, space. Well, thanks thanks so much for jumping on. And uh, Andy, I know you're pastoring a church with your wife in Birmingham, uh, C3 Gallery Church. You're also just quite a creative guy. You're, I, as far as I can tell, dabbling in... Uh, would you introduce yourself as a comedian? But I definitely know you're into comedy. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a great conversation. So thanks for being on, Andy. What, how would you describe yourself if you if people just say, oh, Andy, what, what do you do? What, what do you, what do well, you say? Well... Oh, that's such a big question, isn't it? Here's my anagrams. Here's my, <laughs> how would you describe yourself? I think uh, I'm a guy who loves um, people and response, feels very responsible and burdened for those in my care versus I have a complete freedom and want to create and just be on my own in a huge space, create some thoughts and ideas and come back, show them to the people so they're A, impressed or B, you know, <laughs> blessed. And I think it's, hopefully it's one of those. So I've had lots of fun really creating things like um, Hosanna Unana, which was an Easter special, um, okay. obviously a parody song. We've done a few of those um, and done a little bit of um, stand-up comedy in the pubs and clubs. And you get your feedback straight away there. If that's not funny, no one's laughing, okay? It's, it's, no one's being <laughs> encouraging. They just let you know. That is not funny. So, yeah, I do a little bit. But then, you know, I've hosted massive conferences, big youth conferences as well, thousands of people. And um, I'm just really into <clears throat> into communication. I think it's really, really mm. important. And uh, I always want to get better. But more than me wanting to get better, I love watching other people. And I love watching yes. other comedians, especially. What are they doing? The difference between Eddie Izzard being kind of surreal and exaggerating and Dave Chappelle, like, just calling out the truth and almost being a so anyway i i just love it that's my that's my realm that's where i'm at father of two church pastor looking to have some fun that's awesome i mean comedians are in a tough world right now there's a lot of cancellation happening there's a lot of awkwardness about what you can what you can't say which is just like a really strange thing because um i'm not a comedian i like to think i'm sometimes funny but you are uh, (laughs) thank you thank you but um it's funny isn't it because that's almost like the point of comedy isn't it is to say the things you're you're not really supposed to say um i will we we might go there in a moment but we don't want to we don't want to turn off our listeners too quickly but um (laughs) things you're not supposed to say yeah yeah what are we not supposed to say i'm not sure it might change tomorrow so uh but you know it's interesting when you think about particularly you know communicating from a church perspective preaching teaching us on and then uh looking at it from a more sort of just you know in in the arts and and that sort of sphere um because one of the criticisms you sometimes get with preaching is oh it's too shallow it's too fun it's too you know and there's kind of like this almost i, I don't want to say like it's almost like a face-off isn't it between the word of god and then like the, the fun shallow stuff yeah. i don't know Do, have you got any thoughts on that or, on how those two relate and and what that looks like for you I think, um, yeah, we've got a bit of a tyranny of all there, haven't we, in the beauty of and. Mm. I think you can have both, you know. Um, I think yes. if you're a doctor, you've got some news to break. 
you still use skills to break that news to the person, no matter how difficult it is. And so I think, wow. yeah, I think communication, there's a level where you can do both, but the difficulty is it takes skill and practice um, for sure to deliver deep truths in uh, in an accessible way. And I think you're right. There's some messages can be too shallow, but there's a place for that. You know, um, mm. if, if I'm, if I'm speaking to someone in my workplace, in my work environment, they're not going to need to know about the tabernacle and how that saves them <laughs> or the parallels there. You know, they need to know a light dusting of the gospel on something that's kind of yes. in our scenario relatable. And then of course, if people have turned up to a Bible study, it's no good me just saying, Hey guys, you can do it. Don't give up. You know, people have come to seek the treasure in the word. So I think there's a bit of both, but I think you can, I think you can do both. Well, I hope you can do both. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the the real the real craft comes in there. Because I remember when I was younger, a Bible teacher came to our church, and um, it was brilliant. And people said things afterwards like, "Well, that wasn't that amazing. Ninety percent of that was over my head. Wasn't it incredible?" And I thought, "Is that a good teacher or not?" And I just thought, "Come on, these deep truths. The teacher's job. Yes. Go and get them, pull them out." And you know, pastors, we do we do teach as well. And we pull them out and we, we present them before the people. And that's part of our calling and our gifting. And hopefully there's an anointing on us to make these truths understandable in today's climate. Yeah, that's <laughs> so interesting. I always think when when people talk about wanting depth, um, it's it's always like a it's a good idea. But somehow when you start to say it out loud, it, it, it's it's a bit of a funny one um, because I've always I've always thought I tend to find this, I don't know if you find this, Andy, like some of the first things you kind of learn um, kind of to, to a high level tend to filter the way you look at everything. So one of yeah. the things that I always look through everything is is like playing the guitar because <laughs> yeah. I really spent a lot of time. I was like a metal head and I was there shredding away. Yes, and so man. I put so much intense, intense sort of like mastery over like just playing four notes in repetition and so like i have like a deep appreciation for um like the basics done really well is Mm. actually how you get to mastery i think um Mm. and and so i think sometimes like people want depth but the the pathway to deep is is through shallow water like literally like to go lower you have to go through the top don't you like it's physics <laughs> we didn't make it up do you do you feel like that's that's the case sometimes that people search for deeper things deeper wow. teaching is sometimes a little bit of a an avoidance of you know, the basics it. i think you've hit it right there as you know you don't have to be passive very long to realize some people <laughs> you know i've got something to say about the depth of teaching but the reality is walking yes. out the basics for them is very difficult and i think you know, watchman knee, sit, walk, stand through the book of Ephesians. Okay, if you can do that and visit that every year, then I don't know, that's going to be more than enough. And, I, mm. you know, I think some pastors get a bad rap just because they're kind of positive or engaging or something. Yes. If, if people took down the three points from every sermon from the 52 weeks, for example, um, what's that, 156 points to apply to your life? If you're busy applying those and working through them with God and and taking some of those points and going deeper yourself in the scriptures, I suspect you're going to be full and have plenty to be working through rather than just saying it was a bit funny on Sunday. I I want it a bit deeper, please. You know. (laughs) Unless they're the same three points, right, every week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it. That's a fair observation. Sometimes we do that, don't we? You can do it. Don't give up. God's with you. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Application is like such a huge part of it, and that's that's almost yeah. where um, you're right. It depends who you're talking to, doesn't it? Because it's going to be different, and and I do think it's a really 
Like when you take it outside of the church context, the idea of hearing predominantly one person or a few people um, sharing something every single week, it is quite a strange idea, isn't it? Like this input. And so I feel like almost we, we struggle a little bit. What, what do I do with this? Um, and uh, of course the answer is do something, do something with it. But <laughs> it's all good. We're, we're all applying it as well to ourselves because we preachers, we, we've sat under ministry and heard yeah. messages and yet... I like what you said there just about the anointing. Maybe we can delve into that a little bit because that's one of those mm. words that is a little bit, you know, it's it's thrown around a bit sometimes in certain circles. But yeah. but I, I what, what I'm hearing a little bit is is almost like, um, you know, sometimes we need to hear the same thing again. And sometimes it's not just about what we hear, but it's about what we receive. Um, can you just unpack how you see that fitting in, in communication, whether that's preaching or something else? <sighs> Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's two things going on here for me, as I understand it. And the one is the art of communicating how it changes in the culture that you're in. And so you think about Paul saying, yeah. oh, you've got all these gods, but tomorrow I'll tell you about a god who is unnamed or unpictured in mm. this realm. And they come back tomorrow and he's, yes. he's the master of communication. So that's the, the skill. The other thing is then what are we communicating? And I think, um, mm. you know, we jump, but I personally jump between this kind of pastoral what am I communicating? And what's the what's the gift of communicating? How do we do it? How do we speak? How do we preach? How does how do we do our media? How do we actually more than just be words telling people how to do stuff? How do we do stuff so they can follow? Yes. You know. Um, but if we go back to kind of where the point is, I think like if you look at God desperately trying to say to Israel all the way through the Old Testament journey, I love you. Please turn to me. You'll be good with me. Trust me. And they do. Mm. But then we know the cycle that happens, don't we? And then they then they forget God, and then they're in trouble, and then they cry out to God, and he reaches back and he says, "If you could just love each other and honor me and have no other gods, it would be okay." And then they do, and then they and so on and so on. And I just think, <laughs> yeah, saying the same thing again and again is actually what we, <laughs> in a crazy way, called to do. Um, right. Um, but that's where you've got. To, I feel like you've got to be sweet in the spirit. You know, a fresh word is is just wonderful for the soul, isn't it? Have you ever done that mm. thing where you preached on something for? Uh, almost a year you know you keep dropping in as part of your communication strategy about giving or about evangelizing or something and then a guest speaker comes and, and mentions it and everyone says oh wasn't that brilliant what they said about that wasn't that amazing what they said? and you're like going i've literally been saying this for such a long time um but actually oh you're just so glad it's registering with people no matter who it came from yes <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's, that's so true because I can think of uh, topics. Uh, like one of those topics would be around um, health, um, which mm. doesn't get talked about a lot um, from a kind of pulpit, if you like. Um, yeah. But um, that's been one of those topics that I've heard kind of popping up over a few years and has probably only just begun to really take place in my life. Not that I've been particularly unhealthy, but just like a bit of a, a, bit of a stronger revelation of, hey, I really want to invest in um, my physical, you know, life, um, yeah. and just the value that God places in that. That's part of our stewardship. So I, I think there's such a place for, um, it's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Just bringing certain things in, in the right moment. And isn't that yeah. such a humbling thing, right? Because yeah, you just, as a communicator feel like I'm bringing everything. But at the end of the day, if God doesn't connect that with a person's heart, I mean, what are we? We are just funny people, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> bringing really a bit of encouragement. We really are. And I went to a youth conference uh, once and we were leading at the youth conference doing a lot of stuff. It's a massive one. There's like tens of thousands of kids in this city. And it was very, co very cool. Lots of good stuff going on. But there was these rallies in the evening. And my job mm. was uh, to 
just kind of do a bit of pre preamble pre-show and just get people gathered and ready and then start to just direct them to be ready perhaps for the meeting as well but of course you've got people who are not used to church at all so they're expecting something from a stage um, and I've got to transition them from not wanting to watch what someone's saying because it's a bit like school to you know getting ready so anyway did a bit of work and then this guy jumped on this is this is anointing and this is the balance we hold between God will do the message anyway like Mordecai says mm. to Esther if you don't step up I will still deliver the nation. Yeah. God will still deliver the nation versus us being good and, and perhaps being good at what we do. And, and and so he jumps up and he just starts shouting Jesus at these kids like 13 times in a row. Jesus, Jesus. Like that. I'm thinking the guy's lost the plot. What's going on? Anyway, he does a little bit of a brief kind of story, a bit of a scripture. And I think, you know, it must have been like three, 400 kids all responding to want to know Jesus. And I think wow. – uh, I just thought, okay, that's not in the manual, but that is <laughs> God. So I think when we talk like our skill sets and our packages and what we do, I think it's mm. really important to just to know that God humbles the proud and God uses the foolish. And yes, and I think that's been a real journey for me. Like trying, it doesn't matter if I'm perfect or not. I should try and be good and excellent, but God's gonna, God's doing it anyway. And if it's not yes. me because I'm stalling because of excellence. He's going to power yeah. through with someone else shouting Jesus at kids, you know. Like it's, I'm not sure the press. I'm not sure the press were there, and I'm not sure how that went down. But there you are. <laughs> say no more. Say no more. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Because I think yeah, it's there's two things happening, aren't there? There's the heart and mm. um, attitude and all of that, and then there's this the skill of communication yeah. and you can have great skill and be prideful as, and you can also have yeah. terrible skill and be prideful as that's a wake up call. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's possible. I'm not talking about you and I'm talking about other people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about anyone just for the record. Yeah. Um, right. But, I, but possible, I think, yeah, right? that's, that's the criticism. I think that it's, it's an easy slur to say, Oh, it's just kind of like shallow and fun. And, and, um, you know, you can be shallow and fun and be deeply anointed and you can be shallow and fun and have no substance whatsoever. Yeah, um, so yeah, right. pretty, pretty, pretty fascinating. What, what have you learned about, um, cause we, we are, we're on a kind of digital orientated podcast. I've, I've kind of been allowing it to spill off because I realize people are interested in the digital, but not as an isolated thing. They want to understand how it integrates into everything else. Um, so I'd be really interested to hear what you think, Andy. Obviously, we've had a couple of years or however long of really exploring the digital space, whether we were in it or not before. Uh, we're all so much more in it now. It's it's crazy. Um, uh, yeah. what, what, what's that been like from a communication point of view? How have you, have you found that personally? And uh, what are maybe some things you, you've learned? Yeah, yeah, it's just so much. It's just, there's just so much. And I think being vulnerable, I, th- I think I've learned more than I've executed, if I'm honest, even when I thought maybe I was executing well at the start, mm. um, that, you know, everything needs to be wrapped up in the purpose. Um, the purpose is it could be community in Jesus. It could be reaching people with the news of Jesus. So all the skills you've got, like I think purpose and authenticity and integrity happens and, um, Mm. Comedy is a really good parallel because it's very hard just to be funny. Um, so if you look right. at a game show host, the weight of yeah. what they're doing is on running the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get that same game, so they've got some throwaway lines and people have bought a little bit of a funny thing and they're able to. But if you look at then, you put that person just on the stage and say, right, just be funny. Now people expect nothing else. That's a, a massive, right. massive new pressure. So the purpose mm. is, is really important to kind of finding a rhythm and a freedom I mean, I think it's that, you know, our, our aim is not to be 
not to be funny by any stretch of the imagination, but to lean into our purpose and hope that our gifting flows from them. Well, trust that our gifting will flow from there. Like a midfielder mm. who seems to have more time than everyone else. You know, they're kind of really aware of their, they're comfortable in their space. They've, they've mm. mastered it to a level rather than just kind of panicking. So a bit of a meandering thought. I think for, I think in answer to your question, probably more directly, it's been essential lifeline for some people. I'm thinking about more senior members yeah. of our society. They've had to become digital. You know, some people are digital natives. Yeah. So I'm, I'm probably right in the middle. So I'm still learning stuff just because of my age, um, but I'm engaged and I'm learning, but not as quick as others. And then there's some people got nothing. So, ha- you know, what does a Zoom icon look like? Um, yeah. Oh, it looks like a, a washing machine with the door open, you know, but you've said, we've said to them, click on the camera icon and they're like, what? So I think for <laughs> some, it's been, it's been super essential, um, mm. super essential. And I, yeah, I just think we've got to be in the space because everybody's in this space. And I think Paul, I look at Paul's mission and he, he went to where people were. And I think that's really, really interesting. There's mm. discussions then about how saturated various places are. You know, if we're post-Christian, do we have to be careful with how we handle it compared to Paul when he was taking almost fresh news out there? I think that's worth mm. a consideration um, yeah. in a post-Christian Europe and beyond. But uh, overall, I think um, I think I think it's been a lifeline for a lot of people. Um, and, uh, you know, Zoom mm. gets a bad rap, but I'm so grateful for Zoom. Um, over these right. last two years, yeah, and and, and other th- and other formats, <laughs> they are available. <laughs> and other formats, Google Google Meets. No, not Google. not a fan. Not a fan. Anyway, no, not a fan <laughs> of that. Not happening. I'm, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It never works for me. But anyway, that's just a that's just a separate. Isn't it called, just a pers- oh, personal Meets. moment? What's Google Hangs? Google is that- Meets. Google Hangs. You see, I didn't even know. That's a problem, isn't it? I don't know. It's a brand branding issue. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. Yeah. No, I think you're so right. Like, I think. Um, it's been essential for for some people, and it, and I think what yeah. we can take away from the season is is not to um, yeah not to get rid of everything, right? What, what does that what does that look like um, for you guys now that life in the UK has kind of opened up? Yeah, and um, you know church is kind of fully back, and then but then we've also got this kind of remnant of this thing that we were doing before. Um, talk yeah. us through kind of the the shifts for you. I imagine you did very similar to everyone else, jumped online and so on. But what does that yeah. look like kind of now as kind of emerging into this this new world? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, what does it look like now? <clears throat> well, we're, we're keeping it because we've we spent the money on the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think that's the only reason. But uh, no, and I think, you know, the online presence is a really important thing. I don't think we now we're back up and running in person. We've got the energy and time to put as much um, <clears throat> effort and strategy into communicating online as we perhaps should. Um, and I suspect that's true of a few churches. Um, yeah. So it's worth the discussion. But the point is, is you, you've got to get around to having that discussion, haven't you? But there's plenty of other things trustees need to talk about, et cetera, et cetera. And church life gets busy again. Um, mm. But I think... I think it's it's a bigger discussion that, as you could probably tell, we are still having. What does it look mm. like? So we we chopped it down and we went for a live stream word, but a bit of preamble beforehand, mm-hmm. so people would go online. But even even then, we're thinking the viewing numbers are pretty consistent for the size of our mm. church. Yes, is the is the kind of energy going into that the same? Shall we just show the word, you know, with no preamble? Shall we, you know, I, I don't know. We're still working it all through, but. Mm. Like I said, you know, if we're doing early morning prayer meetings, then people can get there. They don't have to drive into the city. Yes. They don't have to get changed or whatever. Well, hopefully they get changed to a point. But we're just, we're on Zoom at half six and we're praying away. Um, 
you know, right. with the church. And, and that's just a wonderful shift. Um, but the whole, the whole pandemic for us is just, I've seen it and I've spoke with other pastors and it's this idea that <clears throat> there's probably a lot less churchgoers around now. Um, and we've kind of yes. concentrated down to Christians. We've, we've got Christians or as we like the current trend is disciples, you know, and, mm. um, I, that's a good thing, even if it's galling to look out and see empty seats and stuff like that, or you're not, you're not where you were before. But at least, actually, you know, you've got Christians. We're ready to pray. We're ready to reach again, and we've got to make sure that we, when we reach people, we're building them in case of another pandemic. Their their faith will sustain them rather than. Mm. I hope you came in. I hope you like the service. See you again next Sunday. Yes. Yeah. In, interesting. Why? Why do you think? Because it's not just um, you know, it, it won't just be us. Is this is like a global oh, phenomenon that 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 people are not going to church in the same measure? Not as many people are coming back. Essentially, um, sounds a bit doom and gloom. But why, why do you, why do you think that is? Well, I think first of all, good, good communication is honest, isn't it? You know, and it's mm. it's down to the truth rather than fluffy. So, and that's what we're doing now. So, you know, and people like George Carling, um, some of the comedy forefathers, they they were honest. They're almost prophets, and they said what other people weren't allowed to say. And yes. so, I think that's really good. And I don't think our people they they are t- they sat there too, going where so and so, and where's that family, mm. and, and and such. So, to have the honest conversation, I think is is actually really good, even if it seems doom and yeah. gloom. We can do difficult yeah. things well. But um, why not? Well, I don't, you know, I'm waiting for certain studies from, is it the Barner Group and, and people like that? And let's see what Alan <laughs> Hirsch says about this one. And, yeah. you know, there's some stuff we just, we literally can't, we can't replace digitally. And that's the stuff we've got yes. to, you know, the, the laying on the hands. Although, you know, I've prayed for people, <laughs> prayed for people, and they've been filled with the spirit over a Zoom yeah. meeting. So I think that was probably the grace of God for the circumstance we were in, genuinely. We need to be yeah. together. We need to be in the presence and together. So why? I don't know if I've got an answer for that. What about you? What are you thinking culturally? I, I, <laughs> well, I, I you're, the, you're people, the guest, Andy. You're supposed to have the answers here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I've got a few thoughts, but um, they're not tested nearly enough. But the one was that we had churchgoers. Um, and the other one was perhaps, that I know in our case, we didn't, we didn't develop and we didn't, um, the growth track wasn't, as big a feature as it should be, you know? Mm. Um, so should we not be allowed to go to church on Sunday? You know, your faith will still stand. Um, and yeah. it's always hard when you do that kind of thing, like uh, the Chinese church, <laughs> you know, they know the Bible, they've memorized the book of Matthew and stuff. And that's not yeah. a fair comparison, but actually, sh- you know, actually have we been a bit too kind of church light? I don't know. Perhaps yeah, that's yeah. something to think on. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I think that would be. I think there'd be a couple of things happening at the same time, um, mm. which is always like difficult to hold or, or uh, communicate because it sounds like saying one or the other. I think one thing would definitely be true that that some people have uh, just been disconnecting from God, hundred um, yeah. percent. But that's not the only thing, you know. So I don't think it's fair to just say, "Oh, everyone who's left us." I, I think the other thing is that um, we we see the importance of community. Um, the physical community, because when you're not physically connected, it is easy to, um, yeah, drift away from from God. So that's a factor in that as well. Yeah. I think um, that would really has not helped people. But then I think, I think, I think the other really interesting thing is I, I think just what you said that about church light. I think that's just been just really interesting because I, I can just see like a, a real shift, and definitely for us as a church here in London, mm. we've really shifted how. 
um, we do church, what we say, um, who we're targeting. Um, and uh, it's beefed up, I would say, beefed up in um, messaging and simplified and become more minimalistic in yeah. production value. And it's yeah. like we've stripped everything back to to the real, you know, the stuff that people really actually want. And what's fascinating me, Andy, is that nobody misses the high production value. Wow. <laughs> nobody's like oh why don't we have all those lights anymore yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, nobody cares <laughs> like literally no one cares um but but people are still they're getting more from from a more um i suppose a more intense but but a more focused uh, i think message and i i wonder if a lot of people have disconnected from the the um more the institution of the church you know, even us yeah. evangelicals and Pentecostals and I kind of free, you went on an institution. It's like, well, it's become a thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you resonate with some of what I've said there? Um, yeah, I really do. I really do. And I think um, anything can become religious, can't it? I remember, you know, this church is only three years old and I sat in someone's seat accidentally, you know, only three years old and someone had a seat. So I think anything can become, <laughs> you know, because it's probably more of a mindset, isn't it? Um Yes. But I, I think, yeah, you're right. There's been a definite shift to uh, planting people in God rather than into mm. your ministry. And you have to have a kingdom yes. mindset for that um, because, yeah. you know, you have to be comfortable that you've <laughs> you've discipled them, you've pushed them on and, and you've encouraged them. Um, and, then, and then they might head off somewhere else with their job or, or with a calling, you know. Um, yes. That's okay. Yeah. And that's important because we're not mm. trying to build a, you know, a grand Sunday of 6,000 particularly, you know. So, um, so I think that's, that's really interesting. I like what you said about the messages are going deeper. I think people can handle it. I think new people can handle mm. it as well, if I'm honest, because some of our yeah. communion services and things like that, um, people really, really like, and uh, I suppose mm. I've got to like, uh, I've got to trust in the deep truth of the gospel that even though my communications yes. heads would say, soften that a little bit, bring that in, then bring the punch because people aren't ready for it straight away. You know, people mm. are probably ready for discipleship, mm. um, much sooner than I've thought. Um, yes. And so it's time to, it's time wow, to get serious awesome. about that and offer it. I love that. I love yeah. that. I, I've been preaching on things that just like, not that I didn't preach on them before, but just like very yeah. specifically, like we did a whole series on like sin. Yeah, <laughs> it's did. like a four week series. Did a whole message on hell. Just like, it's, yeah. I, I, I feel like, particularly maybe this is a reflection of, of how society has changed because yeah. I, I kind of feel like there was a season uh, where it was like, hey, we've got to get people into the church so they know it's cool and accessible. And yeah. then I think uh, there's now a move towards authenticity. And um, it's like, we don't just want the same old, you know, polished, um, everything that we see around us so much in the social media space. Um, yeah. We want just genuine. And so when people come in and they hear like half the message and then they find out the rest of the message later, um, three months later, they do feel a bit sort of like, um, mm. I think deceived is a strong word. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm really learning that actually what digital allows us to do is to be really upfront about who we are and what we actually think. Um, people yeah. can, can approach us through that filter. And so then you actually end up filtering out people, which might sound like a bad thing, but I think you actually end up filtering in the right sort of people <laughs> who are going to yeah. genuinely engage. And um, I'm always reminded of the, um, the time when Jesus is preaching and then it's like, many of his disciples turned and left <laughs> on his teaching. I'm like, oh, that's that's actually like a great point. Like most of what the prophets said were like, 
it was like dreadful, you know, like who wants this? And uh, people were turned on or turned off by the message. Yeah. So I feel like we've got to, yeah, we're, we're going to bring a bit more of that, <laughs> I love that. In, into the environment. I, I love the context of that. And Jesus's trustees started a meeting and started to talk about how, you know, like, uh-oh, uh-oh, people are turning, you know, I <laughs> just really love that. Yeah. That's great. I've, um, I I had to do a bit of a personal thing. I'm quite an optimistic guy. I like to see the bright side of life. And mm. in some ways, because of my history for another podcast, um, I've, I've had to, and I, you all wanted to keep things um, light and positive where I can and, and look for it. Mm. So the theology of suffering, um, mm. you know, you you two you two will suffer like I suffer that Jesus talks about and Peter you will go through this you'll be refined you know and the many reasons you can relate to Christ you'll be refined and I had to really come to terms with that because after being mm. a pastor for like a year and a bit I was like oh the answer isn't always we will break through the answer isn't always <laughs> and you are healed there's yes I, I need to work this out here and so it was really good and by God's grace he literally gave me a, a kind of signature message. He'll give you gates out of the situation or grace for the situation. Mm. And, um, but awesome. I could only get that if I'd have engaged with the difficult stuff that I was probably scared of people hearing before. Like we'd yes. never have gone on social media, the idea of the theology of suffering, you know, that, um, that we're kind of, there will be part of that in our Christian walk because we want people yeah. in, people need to know this amazing Jesus guy and it's all positive. So yeah. I think as a maturing in leaders, certainly with me, um, but I love what you're saying about the ability to be a bit more upfront. And what's interesting is the backlash hasn't been quite as big as I thought. You know, mm. there's some stuff I've said on a Sunday message that's gone out there. One, people aren't listening in the way. <laughs> Two, they might have turned off. <laughs> Three, it's genuinely interesting. What do Christians believe? Um, yes. So that's interesting. Yes. Okay. And I think if you start if you start on a subject like sin, the gospel's in there, mm. you know, um, whereas very often in the past I've perhaps gone, the gospel and perhaps a little nod to a difficult moment in their life or a little nod to mm. suffering. Actually, if I start in suffering, the gospel mm. is then in there. And um, I think Stephen Furtick, people like that, he paints black, doesn't he? You know, and then he brings the good news in and it's all a, a wonderful experience yeah. um, with the lights and everything. But I think there's hope for uh, hope for us as well that we can, um, we can engage in the difficult parts because the gospel's in yes. them as well. Yeah, it's so good. And I think it's it's inherently human, isn't it? suffering so it's yeah. it's something that people people yeah people just resonate because that's 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 their experience that might be the experience in that moment and so yeah to know that other people suffer and and i don't think you want to say it's normal and is in like nah. a good thing but but it is normal like um everybody suffers and um to 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 have messages that speak into that i mean Gosh, it's, it's, and, and also I think one of the things, um, I don't know who said this, Andy, but it's, it was a great bit of wisdom um, that I think yeah, either I was doing it already and it encouraged me to do it or yeah. I like, heard it and thought I'm going to do that. But it was like, as a leader, being okay to admit that you don't know. <laughs> so in the pandemic, obviously it was like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know when we're going to reopen. I don't know what the right decision is. Yeah. And being just okay to say that, I find it actually gives people great confidence um, mm. to go, hey, he doesn't know, but he's, he'll let us know when he does. Yeah. <laughs> or like, um, but we're, we're, we're trusting God together. We don't know that part. You know, it's like mm. you said, um, maybe it was in the preambling, you know, we see in part, uh, you know, it's like we're looking dimly through a glass. It's like, we don't know. But that that yeah. honesty, I think people are really craving 
craving that honesty and i found people are so um yeah so so connecting with that um and yeah. it, it seems to put um i guess it just takes us out of the spotlight and puts god right in the spotlight and uh, and yeah. strangely enough people are really impressed by that yeah it's fascinating Hollywood, the Hollywood pastor. I've certainly felt that pressure to be, you know, an awesome facilitator, a super uh, administrator, a fantastic yes. theologian, uh, a great yeah. strategist, a wonderful networker, all these things. No one ever really asked me to do them. I just kept reading books about different people who were brilliant at different things. And I'm trying to be all of them. And we hit something like a pandemic and I realize, <laughs> you know, so the freedom to say, and actually, the come on the journey with me, you know, mm, um, yes. the best I can offer you now is f- model what I do when I don't know. And we, we're kind of yes. here together and we're just going to we're just going to ask God and putting the spotlight on God in the situation, you know, is <laughs> is brilliant and helpful. And, yeah, mm. it's pretty risky, though, because we want to be in control. And I, I was just sharing with you before yes. I? I'm in a scenario now. I was in a worship meeting a few years back. Right at the end of the conference, it was an amazing conference, and we're just doing the last song. Do 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 do, celebrate. Let's go network and say goodbye and catch planes. Do do do. And I thought, yeah, God. I was half worshiping, half watching who was going. In. And God dropped right in my spirit. Not not often does this happen. Just you don't trust me. And I was like, ah, oh, not oh. now, God. <laughs> not, not now. But actually, I was super grateful <laughs> just to hear anything really. Yeah. And um, I've been working that through. And mm. you, that scripture, you see through a glass half you know, it's dimly kind of thing. And uh, I feel like it's a wall at the moment. And I'm, I can't mm. be the only guy thinking what's next, you know, like um, wow. and some pastors are, you know, going to get jobs because the, the finance have decreased. And, but I thought we were, uh, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail. We're moving forward and the mission. So it's a real balance at the moment, isn't wow. it? Between all of that. But I think one of the great yeah. things coming out of it is we can include people on the unsurety, we're not, we yes. haven't got all the answers, which is very healthy because it encourages them to the one with the answers and they'll be specific to them. But also yes. it takes the pressure off us to have to be Hollywood's super leader, um, you know, and yes. um, some, some, some social media I've stopped following, not because they're bad, but because the effect it was having on me and my immaturity mm. level, I've just had to go, I need to mature up before I start following these people again and start thinking I've got to be wow. all of them in one person. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good, Andy. Well, thanks for sharing. Being vulnerable there. I mean, that's uh, such a powerful, such a powerful thing. And that's the one thing we can be certain about, isn't it? Is that our uncertainty? There's <laughs> one yeah. thing you can be sure about is the fact that we don't know. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> one I thing you can know relate, is that you don't know. <laughs> I really relate to. Uh, I really relate to uh, the prophet and the raven bringing them some food. I really relate to David in the caves, like literally Saul's around the corner. Uh, I really relate to kind of, uh, Moses and the people moaning and you're like, well, uh, I don't know either, actually. Go to God and say, hello, hello, we're still here. Have you, you know, what's yeah. going on? So I think, and, and that can only be a good thing there because we're talking about like some mm. patriarchs of the, the faith. Oh, hang on a sec. I too am on a journey. I too am working. Yeah. It's the same God. The parallels are there. Awesome. This is really interesting. And it's not, I've always wanted to just go, so what do I need to learn from that? I've learned it. Now let's move on and break through. But, um, you know, sometimes that valley's a little bit longer. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think as well, sometimes these things are not things that you kind of just learn and then they're done, but they're, yeah. they're, they're ways of life to incorporate for the rest of your life. You know, it's a little bit like health, isn't it? It's like, you don't just like, okay, I've done health now. <laughs> it's yeah. like, do you know what I mean? It's a part of your life that you're then going to incorporate forever. Um, yeah. And uh, same with all of this sort of sense of vulnerability and being able to lead in that way. I think it's, it's, um, it's not a tool that you pull out when you need it. It's, it's, it's actual proper character formation, isn't it? That's right. And this, I guess, is like proper discipleship, isn't it? Like we're actually being changed, yeah. becomes a part of us. Yeah. And so imagine our surprise when other people around us were like, oh, I wish people would get, you know, grow in this way. It's like, well, that is the, that's the stuff that has to happen in the leader, doesn't it? For that to take place yeah. um, around us. So, wow. Great, hey, great just thought. A bit, just a bit on vulnerability in church. A lot of people mm. uh, a while ago, especially the kind of deconstruction crew, and my prayer mm. for all of the deconstruction crew is that they reconstruct, you know, that we don't just yes. left with a, a faith sprawled all over the floor. But um, so I am always praying into that. But the, the, that crew, it was all about being vulnerable um, mm. to the point where you're sharing the most inappropriate things in communities. Yes. And you're like, no, guys, vulnerable just means like what we were kind of talking about. And perhaps with one or two yes. close friends being completely vulnerable. But there was a, there was a spate. And I felt myself being like a dinosaur because everyone's saying, oh, you're not being kind of modern and vulnerable and authentic. And I was like, yes, but I am being appropriate. You know, <laughs> not <laughs> yes. everybody needs to, you know, don't bleed on, don't bleed on everybody kind of thing, you know. Um, and yeah. there's a real wisdom in that. And that's why we still, you know, we, we really appreciate community leaders in this sort of time. But vulnerability is so funny. But church is so funny, Sats. <laughs> it's so funny. We've got to laugh at well, it. I I feel like we well, okay. We got we got a few more minutes if you got them out. Let's let's talk about how church is funny, and I want to talk about um, just 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 the whole just because <laughs> well, talk about comedy, talk about um, why comedy exists, talk about why it's there. What what is it about that that you're so drawn to? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I've often been on a different. When I went on to my first ever kind of church leadership, there was a whole bunch of guys and uh, myself. And I was literally, I was, I was, it was made known to me that I was the risk um, in the group. So <laughs> I'm quite comfortable with being slightly different. I'm okay with that. Um, and I often get those yeah. prophetic words, you're more than just a funny man, you know, and I, I'm, I'm down with it. I'm good. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate anyone who wants to encourage me. But out of all of those people out of that group, not many of them are in ministry. Not many of them contributed a lot. So it's got to be a wow. heart issue here. So why, so mm. I'm quite comfortable in thinking, why am I juxtapositioned and why am I kind of, in this space, and I think comedy does a few things, really. I think it, it combats pride. Um, mm. It really does, unless there's a punching down kind of thing going on, which obviously is not good. Yeah. But it definitely it combats pride, and I think that's really, really, really important because if you can laugh at yourself, you know, that's fantastic. Yes. The other day, Rachel was reading this Emotionally Healthy Leader book, and it asked her to do a quiz beforehand, and it, it came out at the end of the quiz that she was uh, the emotionally healthy to adolescent level. To which myself, right. I thought, I kind of didn't say much, but I thought, you know, that's fair <laughs> enough. She's got some stuff to work through. And, you know, I, I, I can see that as an experienced pastor with discernment. And I said, oh, let me do it. And I finished the quiz. And it said <laughs> I was emotionally mature to adolescent level, to which I said, what a ridiculous quiz. This, this is rubbish. This is a piece of junk. <laughs> so I just think, you no, know, don't be afraid that we, we're serious people doing serious business, but it is funny what we do. You know, there was once a, a service by us, Reese, and um, in the middle of communion, it was one of those churches where communion goes very quiet, you know, mm. and, and, and it was, it was stopping us. 
Um, someone jumped up and said, can I have the mic? And you think, oh, right, a prophetic something. They said, everyone's quiet, communion's happening. They said, we've got a red sofa for sale if anybody's interested in it. Are you thinking, what has gone? What is happening here? What is happening here? So I just think church is, su- church is super funny. It's just super funny. I remember when I was a youth leader, we were singing, oh, wonderful, so wonderful is your amazing love. Uh, and I'm worshiping, I was looking across and there was like 50 so young people worshiping. I was like, this is a good meeting. People are connecting with God. And I looked directly behind me and there was a guy who was kind of getting into God a bit. And he was singing beautiful one, beautiful one to a girl that he fancied in the youth and he was stroking her face. And I was like, okay, all right. So victory. And, and Jesus said, didn't he? He said like, um, you'd have, you, you'll have kind of weeds and harvest in the same patch. And I think we, that's right. really funny. That's really, really funny. And I was yeah. just looking around going, so I had to have a bit of a chat with him and say, it's not wholly appropriate um, what you're up to. So I just, <laughs> church is funny. So I, I did, I did make a couple of notes actually why it's important. I think comedy breaks thinking patterns. Yes. The types of, the, the, like types of comedy, um, that you might have one is exaggeration. So that goes beyond the norm. Mm -hmm. Then there's observations, um, which are very good. Like no one's mentioned this, but have you noticed how we're all doing X and Y? So I think a good one was a while ago, every pastor in the world had to wear kind of bootcut jeans and patent shoes. Um, And it's, it's really good that we're not laughing at those people. We're just kind of observing what we're doing and how that might be viewed by everybody else. um, Because it's part of the message. Sometimes the unexpected is is quite good. Um, so if I was to mm. say to you, Sats, you recommended a book on your uh, in Instagram the other week, and it's actually changing my life as well. You said it was the best book you read last year. Yeah. It was um, it was um, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> if I was to say that's an unexpected end, that's not, not true, the book you recommended. But um, it was deep work, which that was is the second best, second best book. <laughs> second best book um, that's unexpected but it breaks once again it just breaks the norms and then you've got similes where you're breaking out of where you're at to find a parallel somewhere else you've got wordplay mm. and I think all of these things are really good because it just breaks our thinking pattern and um, mm. God's not in God is God is there but he's often outside like people said to Jesus a few times choose between A and B should we give to Caesar mm. or give to God and Jesus says I've got another answer for you it's C or it's Z, or it's P. Yes. And all their minds yes. are blown. And I think, like, yeah. comedy, comedy, the parallels are good in that realm, you know. Like, um, So I just think it's really, really good for just breaking thinking patterns. It opens people up to new. And um, that's really good because sometimes people's old is not that good. You know, they, there's an old thinking yes. and an old pattern that needs a bit of challenge. And I think that's really good. And then it breaks barriers mm. and constraints. It combats pride. It can sometimes take the teeth out of the enemy as well. You know, if the enemy's really yes. digging in, but actually we found a perspective where we could just step back and appreciate a light moment of humor or have a moment or there's a big drama going on. Everything feels it must be immediate. If we can just step back and, you mm. know, understand that perhaps we're in God's hands. It's going to be like, I think comedy can really take the teeth out of the enemy's work as well, which I, yeah, wow. which I, which I really like. And of course, it can diffuse difficulty. You know, we've been, all been in that meeting. We've been grateful for someone just to crack a joke and, you know, it, it's good, but it makes the place relaxed, attractive, and I don't know, an enjoyable mm. community. And I think in God, yeah. you know, our joy is found in him. Of course it is, but mm. that must, that must overflow. You can't have a joy that's so deep that no one ever sees it, you know? <laughs> yes. The goal is not to try and be funny, but um, yes. like the quiz show host, we're doing our job. And if we got, if something is funny or we, we can pull something 
I think that's fine. You know, let's relax a bit about the whole thing. You know, let's not take ourselves too seriously. But what we're doing is really, you know, we're really focused on it. I think people will see that as well. We work hard on something, mm. but we've got a light spirit. That's great. Yes. People might want to say something about it. But for me, that's the measure. We're working hard. Is our spirit sweet? And, you know, yes. if you're there, we, we can find a sweet spot between using comedy yeah, and yeah. humour in a positive way. But also, you know, we're serious about the gospel and, and, and building community. Super serious. Super, super, super serious. serious. Serious business. <laughs> That's awesome, Andy. I love it. And what's that? I think it's in Proverbs 31 where it says she laughs at the future. And there's just something so like, you, you're right, there's an ability to be light that comes from knowing that God yeah. you know, is above all. And so it's like, hey, we're working hard here. We're getting on with it. We're serious about the mission and our dreams yeah. and everything God's called us to. But we're having a good time. <laughs> because God's on the throne, so I think it can only it can only add really. I mean, there's a few occasions it can detract, but most of the time it's adding adding complexity and richness to everything that we're already doing. Um, yeah. I think also when I think of comedy, I think often of like just every sort of art form. Would you would you feel like comedy is an art form? Oh, apps definitely. I think I think if you're a communicator yeah. of any sort, and then you watch Eddie Izzard or so, someone like that. I think you then realise the craft. And then if you go and stand in a local yeah. talent night and give it a go, you then really respect the craft. So I yes. think I think it's, it's def- definitely an art form. You've got to be careful analysing comedy because Eric Morecambe said, um, they said, someone was spoke to him said, you need three things for comedy. And he said, if you've got three things, you need to see a doctor. And that was the end of the interview. <laughs> and so I think, you know, someone got a funny bone and mustn't be pressured by that. That's, that's fine. But um if you notice comedians are everywhere at the moment, they're even selling us kind of bank accounts and home insurance on the ad because people mm. trust me. And I think it's, I wonder now if it's the language of our age, it's a really, really kind of important. Wow. We trust the comedian because they'll tell the truth. They'll keep it light. Yes. Um, and I, I just think we got, we've got to engage with the language of our age. And um, that doesn't mm. mean everyone's got to then try and be, you know, a master craftsman of comedy it does mean that we yes. should we should probably make space for it, filter it in, and don't shun it. I mean, for some people that will be the beginning, won't it? But aren't you know? Yeah. Aren't we then making light of godly things? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. Like we just touched on earlier. So, is it an art form? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. communication. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that. And I always feel like with art forms, it's like you know, why, why are they there? Like, why did God put them there? They, they don't have to yeah. be, you know, there's just all of this like depth and texture to life that just doesn't need to be there for life to be functional, but it, it must be in the heart of God. Otherwise he wouldn't have put it there. Same for oh, music, all yeah. these things. None of these can be really explained by, you know, evolution or whatever scientific theory yeah. we want to throw at it but because they, they don't make sense. It doesn't make sense why they're there, but yeah. they are. <laughs> I've also, here's a thought, the final thought, Andy, and then I'm going to get you to just share any final thoughts you got, um, is, is that um, I don't think everybody's a comedian, but I think everybody, um, when, when they're truly themselves, is quite funny. Come on. Um, yeah, I, I when that. I think about all the people I like, they're all funny people. <laughs> they're all fun to be around and they've got different levels of skill in terms of the comedic but yeah. they're all they're all brilliant in their own way you know do you think that's true De- uh, um i think there's some people who have actively suppressed themselves to be taken more seriously <laughs> well well yes yes aside, sure yeah but aside from that everyone's <laughs> you know everyone's got a gem everyone's got a story and i think my Rach is very, very funny um, when she, mm. she's got story after story of church life, her life. 
And then she comes to write a message and she says, because she's very linear, she's A to B and it's brilliant and everybody knows where they're going. It's very clear. And I'm, I, sometimes mm. I suffer from not being focused and I've got six different ways I'm going to say this one thought. And she's like, what's the point? And I'm like, oh, good. Yeah, good question. Um, <clears throat> and so what I've started to do every time she shares a funny story, I write it down under Rachel's notes. Oh, and amazing. so now she's, pre- she's working on a message and I say to her, you need a story or something. And I have a look and I have now got like 10 these stories, because we kept saying, I know you're funny. What happens to you is really funny. And your reaction is just so mm. you and it's beautiful and funny and people can relate to it, but you're not going out there crafting a story or you're not going out. Mm. So I need to write this down so you can just throw it in the message when it hits a parallel, when it hits a truth, because people yeah. love it and, and people want to have a good laugh in church. And, and I just think, <laughs> I just think sometimes people are so relieved to be laughing in church. You know, you get a bigger <laughs> yes. laugh than you ever should have done. And uh, right. it's a bit disconcerting. Like, <laughs> please carry on being funny. This is a, this is you've broken something over the place, you know. Um, yeah. And so, in answer to your question, everybody's funny for sure. But make sure you write it down. If something, and mm. if you're not that funny, something funny definitely happened to you in the last two weeks. Yes. So write it down and um, and use it because if you haven't got a punchline, at least people will be putting themselves in the scenario you were in. Going, gosh, that is. I don't know what I would have done. That that is funny. I wouldn't have wanted to be in that scenario. What did you do? <laughs> that's awesome Andy well this has been so good thanks so much for being on I mean anything uh, any final thoughts before we close uh, I just think my church is going to be so over the moon that I'm on this podcast with you because the SATS movement is in our church <laughs> second, second only behind uh, Jesus um, and I'm pleased to report that but no you're a big you're a big deal so here I am they don't know I'm on this so it'll be a great surprise for them so thanks for having me and I just think <laughs> What you're doing, mate, um, you know, exploring and pushing and, and creating content and being smart with it, you know, I just really want to encourage you, don't stop, keep going. And um, I don't know what fruit you're seeing, um, but I, I implore you, don't stop, because actually you're modelling it mm. for quite a few of us who are looking and thinking, you know, should I be in that space? How can I be in that space? And so I think you're doing a great job, mate. And, uh, yeah, I love the content. Keep it coming. Thanks, man. That's very kind. going to keep it going. So, yeah. Appreciate the encouragement. Well, Andy, if people want to connect with you um, online, where, where can they find you? Great question. <laughs> you should know this, shouldn't we? I'm just on Instagram, so it would be just Andy Wadhams on Instagram. You can catch me there. Yeah. I'm not particularly active on there, but you might want to have a look at Gallery Church's Instagram and um, Facebook yeah. and the YouTube channel. We're kind of we're doing some stuff on there. YouTube awesome. is probably the best format um, to get an, a yeah. flavour of what we do at Gallery and awesome. how it feels as well. You might want to nick something from us and add it to your own setup. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely go check out, go follow Andy, and uh, check out C Three Gallery Church on YouTube and various yeah. places. Uh, it's funny now; we, you just search for it, don't you, and you find it. So it's all good. Yeah. Let me give um, you the full handle for you to forget. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Uh, so yeah, thanks everyone for joining us for this uh, today's podcast episode. Hope you find it enjoyable and fun and hilarious, and also deep and insightful. So hopefully we've we've hit that juxtaposition. Um, grateful for Andy. Go follow him. Come follow me on Instagram at Satsalanki and uh, hit subscribe to the podcast, rate and review all of that jazz. We'll see you next week for the next episode. See you guys. Bye. Thank you.